Bup, 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 bup. Guess what happened on my lift away over here? What happened on your lift away? I... <laughs> the bitch needs to enunciate. Um, uh, I'm the bitch. <laughs> no, I'm the bitch. You were copying. It's fine. My unenunciated no. speech Do you have is a, a choice because yeah, yeah. I used to speak cork, like this. You know, a cork? Yeah, to go. Put a cork in. Well, yeah, no. no, you put a cork in it to make your enunciation better. Have you ever been in a lift and? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> okay, next part. Been unsure if you were about to get murdered yes or that you were completely just like making it up and like it's fine and stop like um yeah okay so that was happening and the reason for why that happened was because i got up in the lift and like i had my headphones in but nothing was playing but it still muffled like speech and i like thought i heard him say something so i took them out and i was like i'm good how are you because i didn't like want to yeah <laughs> um wanted to make it go as short as possible so i could put my headphones back in um and i gambled and he was like what and i was like i said how are you um and he's like oh i'm good how are you and i'm like i'm good um and then i put my headphones back in and then like maybe i don't know two minutes later he was like do you work? Where are you coming from work? And I like took my headphones out. I hadn't put anything on yet because my phone is slow because the storage is full. So it says, he asked me if I worked at my like home because there is a something on like the fence in front of my house that looks like an advertisement for something. And that is all I will say on that because um, I'm not trying to like triangulate telegraph location. my location. That's vague. Okay. Um, but it was there's, there's like, something in front of my house. There's don't a, find no, it. No, it's on the fence. <laughs> I know. I'm just being an asshole. It's like a thing that advertises I've been to your home. my landlord's side business, and it uh, looks super tacky, and I hate it. And anyway, so he asked if I worked there, and he's like, "There's like an ever thing or whatever." And I'm like, "No, that's just my landlord's. It's it's just there, something, whatever." And then I like put my ears back in, and. Like, when I had gotten in the car, when I first got in the car, I had heard him, like, mumble something I couldn't understand, and uh, and then he, like, asked me the question. And then after I put my head- headphones back in and, like, tucked my hair behind my ear and, like, put my earphone back in so he could see that I was, like, just trying to listen to music. <laughs> and uh, Please stop talking to me. Yeah, please stop talking to me. Exactly. And he did stop talking to me, but then he, like, kept talking to his, like, Bluetooth or whoever he was talking to. And, like, he, like, started up again. And it sounded like the beginning of another converse, uh, conversation. And I was like, okay, so he either stopped talking to this person because he wanted to ask me the question or he, like, hung up and whatever. So he called them back. And... Then, like, there was a point when I was, like, my phone was being really shitty, so I still didn't have anything playing, and we were stopped at a red light, and I heard all of the doors lock, and I immediately started second-guessing. I'm like, is that what I heard? It's what it sounded like, and, like, I immediately, my head snapped to it, like, immediately, and I didn't look at him. I looked at the, like, where I heard the the sound from, yeah, and I'm like... I start like like my eyes shoot up and like he doesn't look like he's looking at me and I'm like looking around like just like really wildly because I'm like what don't make any on? sudden movements don't don't let him know that you've changed doing what you're doing but like be extremely aware of what's going on and then I was like okay so if this was a test to see if I can hear and if I'm paying attention then I failed well I didn't fail I passed it or whatever because I very deliberate he knows that I can hear him essentially and like then he like talked a little bit more at an even lower volume and uh and then I heard it again and I think it was them unlocking like it was like maybe a like 45 minute gap by the way I got here fine I'm not dead this I don't know what this was how long were you in this lift 
It was a 22-minute lift. You said 40. There was a 45-minute gap in between the Did two Did I say blocks. 45 minutes? Yes. yes. I meant to say 45 seconds. <laughs> that makes more okay. sense. Okay. 45 seconds is too many. It was more like three minutes. Was I too loud? <laughs> no, it was two <laughs> minutes. It was one minute. It was 60 seconds. 45 seconds is too long. And then you named longer time periods. <laughs> There's something going on in my brain. It's okay. Maybe we're I'm there. having low-key having a stroke all the time. Sure. Who it's knows? Constantly uh, uh, stroking. Yeah. Like just is that really, the, really, the, really, 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 really small stroke. Stroking. I don't know. I just don't know. Jesus don't, Christ. Just don't. Don't quote it. But anyway, yeah. So they relocked. We like re-unlocked. We were kept driving. At one point, he like opened his like uh, what is they called center console mm-hmm. thing, and then closed it, and I didn't see what he took out of it. And then I looked up again, and I, because I saw more movement, and his like he like slid his hand behind him in between him and this. No, I shouldn't do it while I'm doing it. Uh, he slid his his right arm behind his back in between his car seat and him, and it didn't look like he didn't move it. He wasn't scratching it. He just held it there for a little bit and like he moved it in a little deeper farther in and then eventually pulled it back out again and so then my brain is like if he pulled out some kind of weapon was that him switching it to the other side without doing it overtly so i couldn't see what it was so he could get it with his right hand so he could hide it better and then use it like i don't fucking know and then what happened next Nothing. He dropped me off and he was really nice and I gave him a big tip because he was really nice. Can you believe? Who's introducing? I think I will. No? Zoe, are you doing it? Oh, fuck me. (laughs) I feel like Sam did it recently. No, it's definitely me. I've evaded it for like six weeks in a row now. Do it! Hi, it's me. It's Zoe. I'm a podcast or <laughs> fuck what who nice. that's dominic hi i'm <laughs> i'm your elderly friend that has a lot of multiple like dating partners polyester polyester <laughs> i practice that and i still feel <laughs> god who's next keep going keep going keep going Hi, I'm the pie on the British baking show. Who's speaking out of turn? That's Lydia. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? The punchline was that the judges called Soggy Bottom. (laughs) (laughs) It's better this way. It's fine. (laughs) Lydia. That's me. Okay. And Sam. Hey. Sam is so stressed all the time due to us <laughs> existing near and around. You, we should pay you for this. I'm only sweating a little, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, and we have a podcast. <laughs> oh. Can you believe this shit? We talk about stuff. Sweat. Shit. <laughs> yeah. We talk about shit, and then we ask you. Sorry, I'm hijacking you at the introduction. No, That's that was mean. the whole introduction. I was going to let you it. take it and run. We did it. I try to not do this because this is what happens. We all tell stories. 
about you know shit you stuff. can't believe yeah. stuff. You. you know i got yes. i got i got oh, those God. i feel like they know at this point yeah, yeah i mean how did you get here you, you searched something 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 happened something happened nixon he did he did a lot of things <laughs> did he though yeah he he like got the ball rolling on deregulation which is essentially the whole reason why enron fucked so many people all that's at he, least one he thing did he did show up and then there's a lot of other ones too that i can't think of Nancy at this moment Reagan. <laughs> yeah so where can you believe this shit thanks for coming sam the order today <laughs> zoe's first that makes sense lydia you're in the middle yeah. i'm sorry honey no I, no I, no yeah, it makes sense yeah. I also feel like I could have maybe closed it out, but I always feel that. And then I get to the end of my story and I'm like, oh, this one's a good middle. I got a good closer. Good. I'm glad that we all got where we wanted middle. to be. I have a good middle. I have quite good middle. Mm. It's very middle. Sexy. They're all bottoms. <laughs> we have a podcast. I'm going to start it. I have, uh, um, I have a woman. Are we surprised? No. <laughs> a little. So a woman, her name. Is <laughs> go outside and hook. Sorry. Die at the hands of the raccoon. It, it said toasty. For Mortal Kombat. I'm fired. You're so fired. Okay, it we're demoting so you. It. We're also docking your pay from nothing to nothing. Lydia subtly turning her phone off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Glad it wasn't her. <laughs> Oh, okay. We have a woman. Woman. Her name is Lynette Frome. She was born October 22nd, 1948. Who was that? Wow. You? You're next? <laughs> You're next? Gonna get you. Gonna get you, get you. You better check. Um... Lynette grew up as like a child star. She was in like a super famous dance troupe who like performed on the Lawrence Welk show and at the White House. So in grade school, Lynn was very popular. She was voted personality plus. Um, the fuck? Instead of like smartest or best hair, she got like personality plus. Okay. You know, like superlatives. Okay. Apparently they had them in grade school. That's like anyway. one of the ones they gave to anyone who didn't have like a s- distinguishing or di- like that they gave, they gave the other ones to everyone else. That was like a filler. Yeah. Was she not pretty? Personality. No, she was cute. Okay. She's I just feel like the redhead, name sounds know? so like, God, what next? Um, that's a personality plus. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they just couldn't think of a good name for like personality. Like, that was yeah it was just the alliteration that they could think of yeah um, it just yeah so outside of school though it didn't seem like she got along well with her family by the time she got to high school her like dance troupe days were kind of over and she found alcohol and drugs instead sure. as one does yeah. when they're done with dancing <laughs> i don't know is that like the, the next step she completed yes. the quest <laughs> Um, she got from point A to point B, just like she ever the rest of us. Yeah, then she started failing school. You know, yep, still the same as <laughs> as the rest of us, right? Still, still with you. Um, still with you. So she dropped out. I'm still there. Still, yep. um, still with you. Uh, but she 
she ended up actually being able to graduate, so it was fine. Oh, I'm lost. <laughs> but, uh, you lost me. And she started going to college, so she's. I also am lost there. So she was like getting along well with her parents now. She's in school. She's like doing it for like two months, and then she's not doing it anymore. Uh, back she, in the- there we go. <laughs> she got uh, in a huge fight with her dad, and he kicked her out. Some people say that they might have gotten in a fight about the pronunciation of a word. Yeah. Wow. Uh, other people say it might have been just her drug use. <laughs> or so like he, like maybe she had the audacity to be like you're wrong or maybe it was drug use. Yeah, it or could both. be or all of the above. All of the above every um, single one. Or maybe it was Maybelline. Uh. <laughs> so at this time at 18 she's 18 years old she's homeless she decides to move to venice beach california in 1967 venice beach was like filled with the counterculture a bunch of like young homeless but like homeless in a fun way kids you know yeah like dumpster (laughs) hipsters yeah like they were living on the beach and like Sleeping under the sun and eating what God gave them. Yeah. And calling their mom when they were like really, really needed a swimsuit. But only when they really needed it. Yeah. Um, Chad's party is tomorrow. <laughs> and I need to look cute for once. These past three weeks have been really hard, mom. <laughs> Sorry. So at, uh, on Venice Beach, that's where Lynette met a familiar face. Not that back then at least but charlie manson <gasps> how did i know you were gonna say that she ran into charlie so i'm not doing the manson family or charlie or the tate Bianca murders because i can't do that right now sure if i wanted to do all of this like i do want to do i would literally have to steal seven episodes at least <laughs> And then make my own podcast to cover all the details I had to skip. <laughs> um, but I do, I already told, I already told you guys, but I'm going to eventually do like little bits of it. Like yeah. today I'm doing this, just kind of like on the side, but it's still there. Like you want to go over it with a mic, with a, with a, mm-hmm. you know how I did that one time Microscope. that Richard Ramirez got like caught by a mob, yeah. Yeah. but I didn't do Richard Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> I love Like this that. is that. I love um, that. Because there's just so much. This, like, scene here with Lynette on the beach meeting Charlie was actually my first monologue. Mr. Scar gave it to me. He looked, he took one look at me in eighth grade and said, oh, that bitch is going to be fucking Lynette from. And I said, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So I did this, like, monologue about her dad kicking her out and, like, who sent this little man on the beach? And it was God. God sent this little man on the beach. Whatever, it doesn't matter. I don't remember it anymore. You please recite it please right now. Recite I don't. Right I now. looked it up and I, I looked it up and I did remember more of it than I thought I did. But anyway, so Lynn met Charlie. Charlie already had like his little group of ladies. Y'all know most of the deal. Uh, within the next year, they moved on to a spawn ranch where Lynette was tasked with taking care of George Spawn, the the man who owned the ranch. Sure. What Mis- sort of care did he... I typed Mr. Ranch instead of Mr. Spawn. <laughs> no, that's way better. Mr. Ranch Spawn. Uh, he was born in 1889. Oh, my God, die. So he was, like, 80 oh, 18- years old. 89. I was like, what? Because <laughs> I, I just, my brain filtered that into 99. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. Uh, So he was, like, nearly blind, 
and apparently gave all of the Manson family their nicknames. Thought you were he, apparently gay. No, he was pretty straight. Well, what are their nicknames again? I don't well, remember. he started. He called Charlie Tex, which was like his name within the group, because oh. he had a Texas accent. Oh. And he gave Lynette the name Squeaky, which was a reference to, quote, the noise she made when he ran his hand up her thigh, end quote. Fuck that. Oh, fear, disgust. He sounds like he was fun to work for. (laughs) No, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, literally, they're like, oh, she hates it when I touch her. Let's call her Squeaky. Just like, just stop touching her and she'll stop fucking squeaking. It's going to be a nope. Imagine that. Uh, He's also referred to as the blind cowboy on like multiple pages, which I think is just like a fun concept. And he gave himself that nickname. No, I don't know if anyone got that nickname. I think that was just what he is. So the news (laughs) called him that. (laughs) He used to be a cowboy and now he's blind. Like in a very, very literal sense of all three of those words. Yeah, exactly. The. Yeah. Oh, cowboy. Yeah. (laughs) So um, Lynn was one of Charlie's favorites, apparently. Um... Again, I don't know how much of this is, like, media stuff, because this was, did you know, crazy in the media? Everyone cared a lot about the Manson family at the Wait, time. Wait, who? Um, Which huh? family? Sorry, no. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, but family? apparently Charlie wanted to keep Lynn for himself, and she was the only girl that he wouldn't, like, lend out to other dudes. Oh, gross, cool. Yeah, right? So, Lynn was also one of the leaders for his environmental agenda. He called it ATWA, which stood for Air, Trees, Water, Animals, or All the Way Alive. (laughs) I'm rolling my eyes. Charlie believed that those four things held all of the Earth's life forces, and they needed to protect them. Of course. This makes sense. Yeah. Um, With guns and stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And we got to protect them with with cowboys and... And intense racism. Yeah. You know. So... Charlie's environmental agenda, he called the Order of the Rainbow. He had seven girls as seven different colors. Squeaky took the name Red, which stood for her red hair, and the Redwood Forest, which she single-handedly had to save. (laughs) That was her her job. Yep. That's what he he told her she had to do. She had to protect the Redwoods. Um, Oh. Squeaky or Lynette. Would pretty much do anything for Charlie. She was, like, tasked with most of his things. She was kind of, like, the second leader, but very unofficial because it was all Charlie, and she was just kind of there. His favorite. Yeah. She was one of his, like, most loyal followers. I mean that. Like, she probably to this day still follows his, like, most things. Um, Well, she's alive. He's not, though. No, he's not. He died. When did he die? Recently. A couple months ago. Yeah. Oh, that was super recent. Um, so, even after, like, the murder trial, she was still in it. Hmm. She was like, I gotcha. She had nothing to do with the murders. So, when that all went down, she was, like, briefly taken in. I think they were all taken in. Because they were like, what the fuck do we do with this information? But she wasn't at either scene, and she wasn't viewed as, like, a serious leader within the family. So she instead camped out in front of the courthouse for the entire trial. Like, that was a huge thing. Like, a lot of them did. A lot of them camped out. 
Uh, a lot of the girls shaved their heads, wore robes, carved X's into their foreheads to match Charlie. Yeah. Uh, that was before he turned it into a swastika. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that he did not otherwise vastly accept the swastika. They were wearing it on most of their robes. But, you know, you know how that goes. You know, no one talks about the fact that they were horribly racist and all of it was based in race wars. Actually, that I they didn't were trying know that to start, part. They were trying to start a race war. Didn't know that the race war part. Yeah, yeah. Helter Skelter. Yeah. Let's make that happen. <laughs> Helter Skelter is what they called it? <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be like... Didn't realize it was literally a race war. Yeah, the uprising of the, the black community over the, the white man. Yeah, they were like, that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, we well, gotta start it. Checks watch. <laughs> when, <laughs> what is that? Gonna Judge happen? Judy. <laughs> Come on, Mason, pull through for me. Like, um, yeah, about being right on Manson? that happening. It's a Manson. It's a Manson. What did I say? You said Mason. His first name isn't Mason. <laughs> Mason Manson. Mason Manson. <laughs> um. So, Lynette considers herself married to Charlie. Like. At like the most recent interview that there was, where someone asked her about like her feelings for Charlie, she considers them married. It's common law. He's dead. So well, I mean, they haven't interviewed her recently. I'll get into that. In common law, Um, you know. So anyway, during the trial, Lynette camped outside of the courthouse. She was part of the group of girls on the corner that all like kneeled there and like sang songs, and they sang a lot of songs that were written by Charlie about. They seem to have a song for everything. He wrote a lot of music. <laughs> Not necessarily good so, music. Like, there's the song about the bus going by, and like there's a song about how my feet kind of hurt because no, I've been it would standing be like, all day. It would be like, here's a song about how the courts are going to wrong us and how we're going to uprise against the people and stuff like that. Okay. You know, like cultier. Cultier, Less yeah. campy. <laughs> Less campy, More culty. but still as specific and wide-ranging. Yes. He okay. has a few okay songs. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not going to support Charlie Manson's music career here, but... <laughs> Is he on iTunes or something? He's on, He's Spotify. on Spotify. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Didn't I get exposed for listening to Charlie Manson? Yes, it's on our Instagram. <laughs> Currently. Still there. Um, so, during the trial, Lynette was arrested for a bunch of things, like contempt of court and trespassing and loitering. Um, So all of that was like related to the time she spent camped outside the courthouse. There were also a couple other charges uh, like attempted murder. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. While she was out there? Well, kind of. This one was a charge for the attempted poisoning of Barbara Hoyt, who was an 18-year-old family member who was planning on testifying against them. She poisoned her with an LSD-laced hamburger while Barbara was on an all-inclusive trip to Hawaii paid for by the family to try and talk her out of testifying. How did she get it to Hawaii? Uh, I don't know. I think someone was... That's that's why she didn't get convicted. Because they were like, how did you get it to Hawaii? And they were like, I don't know how she did, but she probably did it. Her and, like, four other people weren't tried, but they all agreed to a plea deal, and they took 90 days in jail for a no-contest plea. So they were like, just, you're not not guilty, <laughs> but you're not guilty. So we're just going to throw you in jail for 90 days, and they and probably we'll didn't it. resist too hard because they were like, we want the credit. 
Uh, yeah, they kind of wanted Charlie to know that they were doing what they had to do. Yeah. So, during all of the trial time, she was in and out of living with the family that was still sticking around. They were kind of, like, dropping, like, flies, though, throughout the course of this. Uh, Understandably. (laughs) She also lived with a bunch of ex-cons and other Charlie-related criminals. Mm. You know, he just, like, had a bunch of friends that were in, like, motorcycle gangs. Yeah, his, like, fam. Yeah, his his literally his fam. That's what they were called. His crew, his, his squad goals, his got squad goals. Spoiler alert: uh, Charlie Manson goes to jail. He's convicted at that trial I mentioned earlier. Really? Good. Um, in 1971, so he was sent to jail. Squeaky moved to go be closer to him. Uh, she wanted to live as close as possible. Even though she wasn't allowed to visit him in jail, she was, like, petitioning to get them to let her in. They kind of just, like, took a look at her and they were like, oh, I don't know if that'd be the best for anyone in this situation. Yeah, Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. She's also hailed as being the new leader of the family. I don't know if that's, like, media BS, though, because she's the only person who kind of stayed in the spotlight long enough to get that title. She's the new leader and new only member. No, there she wasn't the only member. There were still girls that were like, "Yep, oh. that's my boy. That's my boy Charlie. I love that man." My boy. Uh, so I've seen footage of them, of the girls. Yeah, with the shaved heads and the and the exes, like singing outside the courthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. It's gross. It's weird. It's not fun. It's sad. It is sad because they're all like really young. Yeah, they they're look all singing really Bodak Yellow. Young. <laughs> Is that going to be your Halloween costume this year, though? So? A Manson girl singing yes. Bodak Yellow? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, Kenny and I are going to do Bonnie and Clyde. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, in September 1972, Squeaky was living with a group of people, uh, two other Manson girls, Priscilla Cooper and Nancy Pittman, two members of the Aryan Brotherhood, Sure. In case you forgot that Charlie and the family were raging racists, I'm going to mention it again. And they also lived with a little family of three, an ex-Navy officer, his wife, and their eight-month-old child. I don't know what they had to do with any of this, but they were there. Not for long. Because they found the husband, James, dead in the ground. Why? Someone found his hand sticking out of the ground and oh. they were like, that's not right. So they called the cops. The cops roll up. They unbury his body. He's like right there. They didn't really <laughs> bury him that much. Yeah, like what? He wasn't buried. His no. arm was, you could see him. From- yes, yeah, so they like dust the dirt off with a little feather duster and they're like, oh, that's a dead dude. Um, he <laughs> also didn't have a Halloween head decoration. and was missing the other hand. Yikes. Oh. I don't know if they ever just- found those things. I didn't really look into it that much. Why it's didn't okay. they take the hand that would have been sticking out? Then no one would have seen it. They could have just dropped that one off, too. Yeah, well, like, instead of the other one. I guess that's valid. Anyway, they didn't do that. So they tracked down his car to this house where they were all living. Found everyone. They found the baby. The baby's fine. But they <laughs> did not find his wife, Lauren. What uh, is the baby doing? Just living with one of the Manson girls. They were just, like, taking care of it. Singing it Charlie Manson songs yeah. and teaching it about the race war to come and yep. yeah, letting it do what it wanted to do. 
You know, they they like they used to like let their children like just freely roam, <laughs> like literally. Uh, sorry, I'm not going to get into the Manson family right now. Wait, yeah, you can't. No, I'm going to real I quick, didn't... real quick. <laughs> the ba- they used to like literally. They'd have they had like four kids or something on the ranch, and they would just walk free, and the people who were taking care of them had to just follow them wherever they went because they were like, "You let those babies be free. We're all free. All of us can make our own decisions, even the babies." All right. So they'd like follow them into the woods and like just make sure they didn't get eaten by bears or whatever. Just guide them home later. What the hell? Anyway, so Lauren was buried in the basement, the wife of the dead man without the head. Um, the hand? And hand. He was missing both his he head and hand. He didn't have either. <laughs> I wonder where they are. Did I say Aryan? I Aryan. thought you said Argon, and I was like... Sorry, I don't know how to pronounce... Argon oil? <laughs> the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> Aryan Brotherhood. Anyway, they're the couple, the nice couple that was living with the racists and the Mansons, so just all the racists. Um, they're dead. Everyone in the house got arrested and pretty much convicted, except for Lynette. Uh, she just was cleared of all charges, and she was like, I wasn't there, and kind of got... They were like, okay. They just believed her she didn't do it she was probably involved yeah it's weird that they didn't try and just like just you know conspiracy to commit murder just for good measure they kept her for like three months so they were trying really hard oh, okay but they couldn't, they just couldn't do it oh they just couldn't make it stick yeah so they let her go so there's also not really a motive as to why they like murdered this couple other than like the one dude's ids to try and get a loan for a house who fucking knows honestly it doesn't matter. It's not my topic. Lynette didn't get convicted for it. So technically it's off my plate. Great. Also, that's not where this ends. Okay. <laughs> By the end of 1972, most of the family members had dropped their support of Charlie, but not Lynn. Uh, she and Sandra Good, another Manson supporter, moved to Sacramento to be closer to Charlie once he was transferred to a new prison. I saw Goody Good with the devil. Ah! <laughs> Goody Good. This is when the Order of the Rainbow, the Environmental Protection Society that they created, makes its reappearance. Oh. So Lynette and Sandy, Sandy was blue as Lynette was red. She had to protect the blue skies in the blue waters. No one was black though, right? I don't think so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That works both ways. Also that. So now the rules from Charlie were much different. They were considered nuns of the Order of the Rainbow. Um, So in their colored robes, they were unable to have sex, drink, smoke, or watch violent movies. Which is always an add-on to like... You know, do you ever notice that? Which is like, why is that the next important thing after drinking and smoking and having sex? It's like, don't watch those violent movies. Apparently caused mind death. Don't want to get any ideas. Mind death. What? Violent movies cause mind. What about happy movies? They could watch those. Mind birth. (laughs) (laughs) I made a face. (laughs) Anyway, let's jump back into Lynette and Sandy saving the planet all together. It's just. Yeah, did they do it? Did she save the Redwoods? (laughs) Well, did she? They started a fake terror organization uh, called the International People's Court of Retribution. What? This is actually really metal. Like they, <laughs> they would send letters like from this terrorist group threatening to kill like big CEOs for their lack of regard for the environment. They're like, "We'll fucking get you if you don't stop it." 
What? That's a great idea. Yeah, but then they like that's also what illegal. Was that the cat probably. Oh. So, imagine if that's all the Manson family did though. Like, just send letters to like Elon Musk, being like, "Fuck you, Elon. <laughs> you suck." Yeah. As long as they don't follow through, it's fine. But they have to believe. No, you can. <laughs> you are happy. You don't mind if it's. Well, you know, I'm it's, not gonna. It's just call as against the, the law. <laughs> it's just as against the law. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't endorse murder on the podcast. I forgot. Uh, Jeff Bezos. I forgot. Wait, come on, like, come on. Anyway, take him uh, <laughs> Take him out of our misery. So for a, for a while, <laughs> their fake uh, terrorist threats were enough. Uh, until they sat down with themselves and they said, "This we're not doing it. This isn't cutting it. We have to get some real action. They hatched a plan to get the president on board. They were like, Gerald Ford, he'll be in. He's got this. We'll be able to contact him. We'll be able to get him to save the redwoods, fix the trees, fucking get those animals going, all the stuff that Charlie wants. Did Ford that- do anything? Not right. really. He wasn't elected. He kind of just showed up. <laughs> he was he like, my boss after I'm here now. Uh, Did we, kidding. though? No. <laughs> so, September 5th, 1975. Ford wakes up. He's like, I'm going to go to California. I'm going to talk to the governor there. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. I don't know what the meeting was about. I'm not a presidential expert. He's walking down the sidewalk. He's going to the Capitol building. The Secret Service are there. Everyone's there. Lynette, she's there too. She's wearing her crazy red robe. She's got a little elf hat on. It's a whole thing. Whoa. Excuse me. Is it red? Elf hat? It's. Picture the hat an elf would be wearing. Uh huh. Yeah. That's the hat she was wearing if it was all red. Like like a sleep cap, like a long, like. floppy and flat or did she like fill it with cotton so it had definition she didn't fill it with cotton it was floppy so lynette's there ford's there secret service is there everyone's trying to shake his hand and be like i love you ford i don't don't know did they (laughs) hey you're a president sign my truck (laughs) president you sign my truck yeah their ford truck Anyway, your face was good. Lynette did not want to get her Ford truck signed. Um, <laughs> she was not there for that. She instead walks up to Gerald Ford as like, "Hey there," uh, except she doesn't say that. She instead raises a loaded Colt forty-five pistol from under her gown, gets two feet away from the president, points it directly at his dick, and pulls <gasps> the trigger. <laughs> that was a twist. <laughs> Damn! There's no bullet, though. Yeah. So she didn't shoot him. Just like Hinkley. Except it shot uh, Reagan. Uh, what did they tell uh, him so there, there was no bullet? There wasn't a bullet in the chamber. So there were bullets, like, she, she just didn't, like, yeah. you know? Like the, the gun noise? <laughs> Cock it. Yeah. She didn't dig it, yeah. <laughs> so... She doesn't shoot him. He doesn't get shot. She thinks that that's enough to let her walk away from the situation. What's it? The Secret Service say no, no. They wrestle him in one direction. They take her to the ground in another direction. Yeah, they do like a jump tackle. Yeah, they're like, she's screaming the whole time. It didn't go off. Can you believe it? It didn't go off. 
Wow. It didn't go off. The attempted assassination is the climax of this story. Imagine literally being a Manson girl and then having that be a footnote to your presidential assassination <laughs> attempt. <laughs> like you're in the Manson family and that's not the most exciting thing. You're yeah, like, but the wait, hell? there's more. <laughs> On your Wikipedia page, early life, family life, Manson life, presidential attempted assassination attempt. Lynette was not able to escape these charges as easily as she was able to slip all of the other ones. It's kind of hard to wave a gun at the president of the United States in front of a shit ton of Secret Service uh, news cameras. This is all on camera, by the way. And citizens. And get away with that. It's not going to happen. Unfortunately. (laughs) The president testified at her trial over a video as the first sitting president to testify in a criminal court proceeding. Wow. The rest um, were standing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the quote from Ford is, as I stopped, I saw a hand come through the crowd in the first row. And that was the first active gesture that I saw. But in the hand, there was a gun. <laughs> Which is like, thanks, sir. Yeah. For that overly descriptive sentence. You could have just said, I saw a hand with a gun in it. (laughs) Squeaky wanted so badly to represent herself in court. So she was found mentally competent enough to do so. There's an hour and a half long, like, interview of her and the psychiatrist talking about how she probably shouldn't represent herself. But, like, if you really want to, you can. And she's like, watched it. I listened. Yeah. She was like, I feel like I am the only person on the planet who actually represents me and who is standing up for my best interests. So I feel like I have to do it. And the the doctor was like, yeah, but you're not a lawyer. And she was like, yeah, but my lawyer isn't me. And he was like, I guess that's true. <laughs> so, um, she was allowed to represent herself in court, uh, with strict instructions to keep to the case and keep her personal thoughts and opinions to herself. Uh, she could not do that. Hmm. Uh, she was um, removed from court um, because she kept ranting about the whales. Uh, and she was found to be against protocol. So they had to like keep her outside of the trial. And they basically tried her without her being there. I love that. Um, Is that really cool? <laughs> that's fun, right? <laughs> so they brought her back, though. She was found guilty. She threw an apple at the prosecution. Wow. <laughs> and then she was sentenced to life in prison. She was kept in West Virginia for a while before she was transferred to a prison in California where she was, drumroll, found guilty of attacking a fellow prisoner with the claw end of a hammer. So they added 15 months onto her sentence. Who um, let the hammer into the jail? They can make wood working and stuff. They make them fix stuff, you know. They let him take the hammer out. And claw people in the face with it on occasion if they need to. So December 23rd, 1987, uh, Lynette found out that Charlie Manson was dying of cancer, was the rumor. So she had to escape from prison to try and find him. She got out, and they found her about two miles away two days later. How'd she get out? Oh, I don't know. They put her back, though. Wow, I'm impressed. Right? Also, what kind of cancer? Ball cancer. Murder cancer. Also, What's murder the cancer. Answer I was looking for. I gave you the real answer. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So the end of our story comes in 2009 when she was paroled, and now she lives in upstate New York, 
with her husband, who's also an ex-murderer. Wow. Yeah. How does one be an ex-murderer and not... I guess ex-con current murderer? Sure. He's out of jail. Yeah, that's the problem I have problems with. Literally imagine being her neighbor or something. I won't. The news attacks her in public now, which is like, she's out, <laughs> let her go. Like they're, They hit her with their cameras. She's like an old, what? They hit her with their cameras. There was a, I didn't watch the video of like whatever tabloid attacking her in public, but um, there was a video of her getting attacked in public and it looked like she was punching the cameraman, which was like, that's my shit. But I don't think she did. But can you believe this shit? That's Lynette Frome. Wow. Squeaky Frome. Lynette Squeaky I wanna, Red Frome. So many nicknames. She didn't Oof. she didn't save the Redwoods. She didn't save the Redwoods. Maybe well, that's I mean, what she's are doing they still now. There? Fair. She did a fine job. I guess technically they're not gone. <laughs> okay. Well, it's I mean what Captain Planet. What did bullshit. she save them from? What were they in danger? What are they in danger from? Pollution, uh deforestation. They're cutting down redwoods? Who cuts down a redwood? Ford? Big California. Fair, She also said she wasn't trying to kill him. She said she was trying to get his attention and that she had no plans on murder. She said, quote, my plans were to go down there and see what I could do. Well. If your plan wasn't murder, why did you have bullets in the gun to begin with? Well, the bullet in the chamber, she said that she already ejected in her bathroom on purpose. And she was like, there's not a, I just want him to talk to me. I don't know. If you're going to show up and specifically not kill somebody with a gun. I think she just fucked up murder and didn't want to admit it. I think that she was, couldn't decide. And she did one of those Russian roulette thingers. And then that's why afterwards they're like, can you believe it? She was probably like, if he, if it doesn't go off, then he's not supposed to die. And if it does go off, then he is supposed to die. And then so she was genuinely like invested and then shocked in the outcome. Russian was roulette was, like was actually the excuse they gave for the dead woman in the basement. They said that she shot herself. She didn't. She was firmly murdered. But there was a Russian roulette reference. <laughs> Don't you need a specific kind of gun for that? Yeah, you need a, the, the a revolver. Room. She had a Colt 45, which is not that. Look at you. That was a wild guess. I just was hoping I wasn't going to get corrected on it being a revolver. So <laughs> I thought I could say that confidently and then act like I knew something. And then if I was wrong, just take it back later. No, you got it so right. It's Great. Semi-automatic. I do that a lot. Fuck yeah. Anyway, that's that for you. That was fucking fucked. Lydia, do you have a story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you all ready? Yes. So I'm starting... It's 2014. Oh, I thought you said my name. You said so. Oh, I said so. (laughs) I thought you said so. I was like, yeah. (laughs) So it's 2014. Is it? It's your murder. Fuck. It's 2000. You've been dead for almost five years. (laughs) Is that what this whole podcast was? Just like processing to get you to eventually tell me that I've been dead this whole time? Can you believe shit? I mean, we named it that for a reason. Can you believe this? You're you're actually a homicide victim. Um, Okay. It's 2014. 2014. And we're starting things off with the perfect American family. You know, like the, what are they called? Nuclear families, whatever. Anyway, they looked straight, like they walked right out of an L.L. Bean catalog. Mm. But, so this was Derek and Maria Baradas. They're a young, wealthy, married couple with three small children. And they're seeking a place to call home. By the way, raise your hand when you know what this is, if you know what this is. I'm... 
my mind is working so fast and I'm scrambling uphill and not getting anywhere. Keep right. going. Well, I'll keep going. How do you spell their last name? It's just like the word broad and just like another D and then a U and then an S. All right. Broad. I could have just spelled it all out, but... No, you didn't. I mean, it's easier. Um, if, well. <laughs> well, anyway. So, somewhere they can raise their family. Somewhere they can build their lives and just make memories. Perfect and safe. So, they move to the burbs and they like their search begins. They start pulling listings and for like, you know, just the perfect house they want you know, a ton of bedrooms and they want a lot of windows. They want natural light. They want hardwood floors. It's got to have a nice backyard for the kids and a porch. Maybe a tire swing. White picket fence. The whole, the whole nine yards. I thought nuclear was two and a half kids. So they cut one and a half. Well, the top part, you know, (laughs) they're really strict about those things. Stop guessing my story out from underneath. (laughs) Sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, so like, you know, and it's got to be the perfect town. It's going to be everything. Anyway, so it's, they start looking for it and they find 257 Boulevard, Westfield, New Jersey. The street's name was Boulevard? 257 Boulevard? Well, 257 was their address, like their house number. So the street's name was Boulevard. It's also possible that... I don't have the actual street name. And the, the street, or maybe the street, you don't have the house number and the street name was 257 Boulevard? No, I just, like, the street name's admitted. Oh. So it's just, like, we're just calling the house 657 Boulevard. That's what, they, that's what the uh, court documents look like. I thought it was 257. Do the court documents look like it was redacted? No, they just call it that. Oh, okay. This is an investigative journalism podcast. Yeah, it is. We gotta find out. I got court documents, okay? For the first time. I Like, no, maybe the second time. Um, But anyway, no. So, this house seemed to be too good to be true. The town was the perfect suburb. According to, like, a a a nationwide survey, it was the 30th safest city to live in in the United States. Did it stay that way? Dun, dun, dun. No. And it's weird that it... I'll get into it, that later. It's really just because it's also like recently has been voted the wealthiest, the 99th wealthiest town. Oh, um, where are we? We're in New Jersey. New Jersey. We're in New Jersey. Westfield, New Jersey, Northern New Jersey. Hmm. I've been to New Jersey in a very nice house. They're really nice. Only two days. Thanks. And New I'm Jersey. talking about one right now. 657 Boulevard was lit. All right. How lit? Well, I mean, in lit as far as what they were looking for super nice neighborhood it was like literally leds everywhere that's how lit it was it's what it was all three schools that you need the grade school the middle and then the high school all like within like five blocks of their house this house train stations right there fucking downtowns right there it's really just exactly everything they've ever wanted there's even a trader joe's yeah so they jump at the chance and they close the deal with the previous owners, John and Andrea, and they purchase. Thanks, John and Andrea. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it was a beautiful colonial built in 1905, sitting on half an acre of land, just for under 4,000 square feet, uh, six bedrooms, four bathrooms, hardwood floors, fireplace, everything they wanted, lots of natural light, whole bunch of windows, nice big front yard, nice big backyard, three stories tall, attic, and a basement just to die for. Who, the Who died there? That? Oh. 
this is going in a bad direction. Listen. Because it's on this podcast. So someone either died there, is going to die there, or is currently dying there at the moment of you speaking. Okay. So let me tell the story. <laughs> because what if you're wrong? I'm probably wrong. What if no one dies? Maybe it's just aliens. It's a monster house. Anyway, so they bought it for $1.3 million on June 2nd. Everything's coming up, brought us. Uh, they got, they're still excitedly start planning for happy times to come, and they renovate right away. They start renovating. So, like, three days after this, uh, ta- uh, three days after they close and they take the for sale sign down, and they're at their new homes, planning their renovations, doing things you do when you just bought a new house. You know you just bought a new house. Anyway, they're doing those things, but, like, before you can move in. And they get their first mail. Uh, they get a letter. And they probably, like, they assumed it was probably the mail of the old people from before or, like, because it was just a little too early. But uh, it wasn't addressed to them. It was addressed to the owners of uh, 657 Boulevard. And it was dated June 4th. So that was, like, two days after they bought the house. Where are we again? New Jersey. Jersey. What year is this? What's the town? 2014. It's Westfield. Okay. It's one of the bougiest, most expensive... It's the town where, like, the richest people, richest men in New York, like, live. Yeah. And then they, like, take the train. Okay. Or whatever they do, I'm assuming. Anyway, so they they get it. It's a handwritten letter addressed to them that did go through the, you know, it's, like, stamped and everything. It's addressed to the owners of the house. Um, And it was dated June 4th. So they were probably like, oh, it's a cute little welcome letter from a neighbor or something. But the no return address part is a little weird, but whatever. And they open that bitch up and find not a fun welcome note. It's uh, actually an unsettling handwritten anonymous letter. thought you were going to end at hand. It was just a hand. An unsettling hand. hand. A hand that somehow was in an envelope, like a just a letter yep. envelope. Flat yep. envelope. I, I like it. And then it blew up when you opened it. Yeah, it was like... Like a, a birthday card that sings... Exactly like that. Except it's an inflatable hand. So, much to my dismay, I don't have the full letter, basically because it has not fully been released to the public, which is very irritating. I just have important pieces of it. But so, this house has been the subject of my family for decades. I'm just, these are like the pieces of the house. I'm just reading Mm -hmm. what I have. I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for the second coming. It's second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched the house in the 1960s, and now it's my time. Why are you here? I will find out. Now that they have it to flaunt it, they pay the price. Tisk tisk tisk. Bad move. You do not want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood as I requested? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. And I asked the woods to bring me the young blood. I should also mention that John and Angela's last names were Woods. So, like... Ask the Woods. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, not, like, the trees outside. Yeah. Like they literally mean the last owners. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, Derek and Maria did not know what to make of the strange anonymous letter. But they decided they would just brush it off. And it was a bad prank. It's not a big deal. That's okay. Fine. Let's not worry about it. Um, they're not going to let it kill their renovation buzz. Their renovation buzz. Yeah, you know, so they can, like, fill the house with all the modern conveniences that are a staple um, or stable. 
sorry in every self-respecting rich white family's home so they can have the best dinner parties and be the envy of all the other moms on the pta or whatever that's going on over there weeks go by and the creepy memory of the creepy letter starts to fade to the back of their mind and they aren't really worried about it the renovations you know are busy so people are coming and going at the house and uh about a month goes by and they get a second letter and this one is did they not do anything about the first one like no literally. They, they literally were like this was not a big deal they like, didn't this like was call a the cops no they okay. did not call the cops the no previous cops. at any point the woods that uh, they weren't thinking about it they didn't want to i don't know i don't know their motivations uh, they were just like it's fine people push things off that's fine yeah i honestly don't know their motivations but here's the other thing so this letter was way more sinister okay have they found what's in the walls yet in time they will i'm pleased to know your names and now the names of the young blood you have brought to me Ew. have you found all the secrets it holds will the young bud blood bloods play in the basement who has the bedrooms facing the street i'll know as soon as you move in it will help me to know whose bedroom is whose so i can plan better no yeah so this now they're fucked up i'm fucked up now they're fucked up too they're all fucked up everyone they're freaking the fuck out they call the cops now no jesus fuck me okay they don't call the cops they're wrong they don't yeah they are so they're like super creeped out and they're like really unsettled and it's really obvious that the first letter when it was like talking about young blood it was talking about their children and then it's like that kind of throws some more context into the statement about how i asked the woods to bring young blood yeah and it's like hum ho hum what okay what what um so this like effectively destroys their plans for the future because they never bring their children back there which is like duh you know what i mean it's like you just bought a house and like you've been like coming every so often it's been empty and you have like your kids and you bring them and they're like this is where we're gonna live but now there's the house comes with a free stalker and Buy one so house, you probably one shouldn't free. you know bring your kids back there and they don't um oh they don't yeah no they, what happens the to kids, their million of dollars that they paid i'll tell you okay then is it <laughs> like oh, spoiler alert anyway so before they can really like they really all they change is they stop bringing the kids and then like they don't call anyone and they get the third letter roughly two weeks later this one starts this one's worse uh worse than yeah it's worse than the last one because it says all of the windows and doors in 657 boulevard allow me to watch you and track your your movements as you move through the house who am i I'm the watcher. I've been control in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. You have changed it and made it so fancy. It <laughs> cries for the past, for what it used to be, in the time in which I roamed its halls. When I ran from room to room, imagining life with the rich occupants there... And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will come. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, bring bring back the accent. I'm trying. But the young blood will come and will be mine again. 357 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming for me. I'm in charge of 357 Boulevard. 657. 657. Oh, there's. I have a problem. Um, 
657 Boulevard is turning on me. It's coming for me. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. Let the young blood play again like I once did and stop changing it and let it alone. That's it. The worst part is the beginning for me mm-hmm. because I really don't like that the he part can watch? about how he watches everything that's happening in the house. Are you accepting theories as to whom? At the end. Okay. Okay. We will go into theories at the end. Okay. All right. Good. Excellent. But still, fuck that. Yeah, having, that's bad still news. Still having that. I don't want that. So, like, as their as their lawsuit says, I don't have court documents. I have law documents now that I realized it because they never went to court. Okay. But it's I like the have like to the lie filings. correct myself. Yes, I have the. Uh, lawsuit they filed, yeah. which has like all of most, not all, m- a lot of this information in it. And I also went to the Zillow page. But so like, they're pissed off. Like they're like, what the fuck? This is, everything is wrecked. Like it comes with a personal stalker and that was not on the Zillow page. Like they're pissed off. Um, it was not listed underneath amenities. Yeah. Like, or like special features are nothing. It was bullshit. So like by their logic, like, there's definitely someone watching the house because the next letter said, let the young blood play again. And it's like the stalker hasn't seen the children since. Yeah. Since they panicked and stopped letting them come back. Yeah. Right. They are pissed off and freaked out and super scared and super anxious. And they like this third letter downright, like calls out the woods. As far as I know, there was no significant contact between the Woods and uh, the Broadus family outside of the lawsuit and, huh. like, what happens, like, and, like, what, what their quotes are. Because, like, no, nowhere in my research did I turn up anything about them ever confronting the Woods outside of just, like, serving them. Yeah, well, how else do you handle that? I don't know. You call them and be like, dude. What's well, no, because the they sold watching? you a house without mentioning that someone stalks it. You know? That's true. I'd be mad. I'd be super mad, and I wouldn't live there. Yeah. Fuck that. And they don't live there either. They never actually move in. They stop renovations after that third letter. So they immediately assume that at the very least, the Woods had known about the Watcher and then deliberately kept the information from them as to close yeah. the sale. Right. Uh, because they knew the Woods would never... Safety was like a like a big-ass deal to them. They moved to the 30th... Ass deal. <laughs> anyway, so if they had known, they would have never bought that house. Mm-hmm. But instead of calling the police, they call their lawyers and they build a case to file a lawsuit against the Woods. Um, they never call the cops? No, they did not call the cops. The police investigation starts after they submit the lawsuit. Ugh, okay. It's like their lawyer calls the cops, basically. Yeah, because he's like, what the fuck? You haven't called the cops yet? You're an asshole. None of this is documented. What am I suing for? <laughs> They're like, we have the documents right there. Those are the letters. And the lawyer's like, you have a pen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. so they... They're seeking uh, the like contract of the sale nullified, the return of their money plus interest and damages for the money they spent on re- uh, renovations wow. and psychological torment and suffering damages, which is like all adding up to like over 1.5 million. Oh, and they bought it for 1.3. 1. 1. 1. 
So they did, there was a police investigation. The police reported about how earnestly they investigated this and how many, how no stone was left uncovered. And we tried so hard guys, but didn't find shit. They're also like begging people to believe how hard they tried to find the watcher. Mm. Um, And also begging people to come forward with information about the watcher, but they won't release the letters. So how are we supposed? Yeah. It's making me mad that they won't release the letters. Do you have any idea how much I would give just to see all the letters just not cut up? I want to see them so bad. I wonder what the fuck they cut out. Me too. If they left all the young blood talking. They literally what they put in the lawsuit was they put just enough to show that the letters were fucked up. Okay. You know what I mean? Sure. So we got its like greatest hits. We got the like most fucked up isolated parts that will be fucked up on their own, I guess, okay. for the, for their lawsuit to work, which didn't, by the way. <laughs> anyway, so the Woods respond to this lawsuit with another lawsuit of their own and those counter like, suit. yeah, countersuit uh, about like defamation and like an over litigation, mm-hmm. unnecessary litigation, frivolous litigation is what it is. It's frivolous. Uh, so the, while those lawsuits, you know, battle it out in like a litigation cage match. Is that how it works? Yeah. That's what I thought. After like six months, they start to sell the house because they realize that they lost all their fucking money and that this lawsuit thing, it doesn't seem to be working out. And they put it back on the market and they try to upsell it. They try to sell it for how much they wanted essentially out of the suit. They try to sell it for one point four nine million dollars now that it's all in the fucking news what happened they're like give me more money well it's like their logic is like renovations we yeah, renovated, they, they, we they didn't finish the renovations yeah they did like a month and a half of renovations and they're leaving because there's a fucking murderer exactly who's yeah, are they telling people that there's a murder stalker that i don't know hmm. i bet they are I feel like they'd have to. If you get to that location and then you're like, oh, I love it. And you're like, full disclosure. Yeah, right at the end. But no one gets this. <laughs> um, as they're signing. They, they were like, it's because like, as soon as like the court There's documents, not court documents, but like the legal documents, because the Woods wanted it to go to trial, but like, I don't, it didn't. Um, but the, you know, legal documents or whatever are public documents. Yeah. You know, Why are so, they wasting time suing each other when they should be finding out who this fucker is? And stop Band him. together, stop the watcher, take back the house, murder Mary the, the children yourself. That's what I'm saying. Like, get a bunch of I'm dogs. Not, I didn't say that. What? I don't know. Get a bunch of dogs and a fence. Yeah, but 36 and, dogs. 36. I'm not joking, bitch. Get so many dogs that they wouldn't even be able to walk through the dogs to get up to the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A moat of dogs. That's the idea. <laughs> get a moat of Dog vicious moat. dogs. Who are really sweethearts on the inside, but only to you. So, uh, two years, couldn't sell it. Now they're putting it up for rent instead. Uh, there's a tenant who lives there now, alone with his three dogs. He did the right thing. It's right? not a big enough moat. It's not a big enough moat, but he's got three. And he's got his, he, he received a letter, but he has not released it to the public, which I am also very upset about. Do you think the letter's bullshit. like, I want children, not dogs. Fuck you, dude get out of the house and he's like what are you gonna do no it's probably some asshole teenager across the street honestly i bet so much money it's just someone who's having a good time but here's the thing what's the thing there's no thing Ah. actually yeah there is a thing okay (gasps) i faked you out por supuesto 
But I want to hear your theories now for real though. I don't know. My initial thought was it's someone, it's like the child of the housekeeper from when the house was original. You know what I mean? Because he was like, I ran those halls to see all the rich people. Right? Didn't he say something like that? So it's like, yeah, he didn't have money, but he was in the house. Or maybe he was like friends with some one of the kids in the house, but he was like a poor kid. And he's like jealous now and he wants the house back. I, I don't know. Is this the movie The Boy? It's not the movie The Boy. There's mm. no boy. I wish. <laughs> just letters. Wish is, it's really no boy, just letters, and then a murderer down the street. Oh, wait, what did I just say about the murderer down the street? I'll tell you about Someone the died? The street. Murderer. Not. Well. Not connected to be to, a murderer. Well, yeah. Do you want to fight? <laughs> Someone died, but it was like forty years, bef- forty-four years before this, and on well, in the same house. No, it was down the street. It was a different house. How far down the street? Well, I'll I'll tell you. How about I tell you? How about I tell you? Do. Have you ever heard of the John List? Uh, yeah. You have. Yeah. Same town. It was like less than three miles away from the Watcher house. Oh, so. And anyway, so John List, he was an accountant. Um, One of his like key, like he (laughs) used to mow his lawn in a shirt and tie and he was famous for family annihilation. He was a crazy motherfucker and he shot his entire family. Crazy motherfucker. He killed his mother and then his wife and Mm -hmm. then each of his children one by one as they came home. He had three. It was fucked up. Put him all in the ballroom. I wasn't gonna do the whole thing. It was oh. just a little like sub. Isn't he the? Isn't he gone? Happened on like the same street this. three miles. Isn't he down. gone? He's uh. They got him. Well, they, they got him. Well, they got him. They got him. Is he not the one who's just gone? That no, they got him. Is they got him because the case was popularized by a crime TV show. Bishop they got him. It what? Bishop. Another family annihilator, angry man with too much money who loses all his money and kills his whole family. Yep. Some like recent evidence came up like a little bit after and like there was DNA found on one of the letters and it was like dinner, dinner belonging to a female person is what the thing says, but it's an unknown person. So it's not the wife of the people who own the house. But, like, and a cartographer thought it might have been an older person. Oh. But based like, on handwriting? Based on the handwriting, yeah. So an old lady? Maybe. If you trust a, what are they called? I said cartographer, analysis. but that's like a map jar. Yeah, you did nice. I went with it. I knew what you meant. I know how context clues work. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So there's probably a connection that there isn't a connection between the John List and the fucking 657 boulevard mama that is really it and i'm pissed i don't have the full letters i that was a letdown but i thought it was pretty cool that is pretty cool a mountain biking vampire can you believe this shit this was the westfield watcher mom westfield Westfield watcher Watcher. westfield watcher i can't believe this shit she was a shorty but a cutie I have a short one. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? kind of short. Oh, I forgot I was the last. Sir, 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 we're going to talk about a girl, a little girl. Um, so I'm just going to jump in. Corbin Blue from Jump In. Jump in. Um, on July 15th, 1987, 16-year-old Joy White gave birth to a beautiful baby girl named Carlina 
she named her Carlina. She wasn't. She didn't come out named Carlina, and she was named after her father, Carl. She came out with a name tag on. Yep, Carlina. <laughs> Hi, my name is. <laughs> Joy took her home, and she and Carl were over the moon happy with her new uh, baby girl. But she we- named her child after her husband. Yes. Rough. <laughs> Weeks later, on August 4th, with Firth. Fourth. Colin Firth. <laughs> what did I? Um, on August 4th, which is um, Barack Obama's birthday. Carlina had a high fever of 104, which is not good. So Joy and Carl took her to the Harlem Hospital Center in Manhattan. So uh, there the doctors find out that Carlina had swallowed some fluid at birth and uh, now had some sort of infection in her stomach. I'm sorry, what kind of fluid? I don't know. Birth fluid? Ambion- Amniotic. It's a normal food. Ambiance. Um, Ambiance. <laughs> just, I don't know. like Ambivalent fluid. The, 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 Mystery. The, the womb water, maybe. Womb water. Normal That's womb what water. I assume. Okay, I'm just wondering if it was an abnormal fluid, like Drano, or if it was like... She accidentally this- swallowed Drano at birth. <laughs> Where was the Drano? I don't know. Dripping down from somewhere. Or it could be blood. I don't know. Um, no more talk about fluids. I'm not here for fluids. Our oh. story is about fluids. I You're don't not going like to like the story. I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. Fluids. So they tell Joy and Carl that they have to keep Carlina there uh, at the hospital overnight because they don't know how long, and they don't know how long she's going to stay. But they have to like you know treat the infection, so that's important. And obviously overwhelmed. Joy is crying in the hall when a uh, nurse comes up to her. The nurse comforts her, telling her that everything's going to be okay, assuring her that they're um, the best doctors at work and that everything's going to be fine. So uh, Joy feels better and eventually leaves uh, and goes back to her house because they didn't want her staying there overnight for some strange reason. I feel like you should be able to stay with your fucking infant your 19 day i think you infant. can but they can be like go home and get some rest you're mm-hmm. doing no good here sure uh shortly after arriving home she's greeted by detectives at her front door oh and she originally thinks that they were there to tell her that carlina had died oh. but in reality carlina had uh been kidnapped from the hospital fuck that oh my god so everyone's like how could this happen Shouldn't someone be safe in a hospital? What are we supposed to do? When Joy and Carl arrive at the hospital, they're search dogs. And I don't know which kind. Of, and probably not cadaver dogs. They're, they're, no, they were just sniffing dogs. Sniffing dogs, detectives, helicopters, the whole nine yards. Is it a football field? Is it nine yards? What is the nine yards? The whole know. nine yards is just... I have no idea. all of it. Okay. The whole thing. It's, all a, it's a sports uh, reference though, right? I maybe. No, there's... No. there's I just say it. Uh, Hundred yards in football. It's like you got n- nine yardsticks. We're looking at Sam. He's just winking, but not actually answering our questions. I don't think he knows. <laughs> there are a hundred yards in football. Yes! Thank you. Look at me. I got guns in sports today. In Whoa. American football. You're practically sure. a man. Practically. Is <laughs> Who is? <laughs> Who's Mark? Um, me. Fair. So uh, there was a meeting with hospital staff to like discuss, and they all reported that they hadn't seen anything or anyone acting suspiciously. But Joy points out like that the nurse that comforted her yesterday was like not in the meeting. So they're like, "Oh, 
after seeing security footage, they're like, no, that's not a nurse. That's just a woman. In a nurse's outfit? In all white. Oh. And uh, witnesses admitted to actually seeing the same woman hanging around the pediatric, like, unit for weeks but no one said anything because they assumed that she was a parent or a volunteer fuck that or something like that she was just waiting for a baby waiting for <gasps> the right baby mm. just a baby i, I feel like there has to be multiple babies not oh. maybe not one that was left there alone overnight fair so maybe not one she wa- she liked she needed one she liked with a mom who was alone who she could convince to be like you should go home and get some rest while i Take your baby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they say go home. They say you get some rest right here while I take your baby. Well, sometimes they say go home. I, I, I mean, guess it depends maybe. on what's wrong with if there's something wrong with your baby. Yeah. My only point of reference is doctor television shows in which they say go home and get some rest. Yeah. Do they say that to a newly... They say that to everyone. Unless it's house because he has to break into the house first. <gasps> Yeah, he doesn't want them at the house. The house. <laughs> Over the course of the investigation, people spoke up like leads were followed. Uh, a $10,000 reward was offered by the city of New York. Carl and Joy both spoke out on multiple media outlets asking for the safe return of Carlina. But um, nothing concrete ever came of the investigation. Carlina had just disappeared. Also, she had like that infection that was possibly like not treated. Um, oh. Because she was stolen. So they're like, um. We need her in the hospital will... back real quick. Please give her back. Yeah. Uh, Joy and Carl eventually sued the hospital because there wasn't enough security and this shouldn't have happened and negligence and all that crap. And, yeah, for everything. Yeah, in 1993, which was eight years after. Nope, six years after um, okay. the abduction. And they uh, eventually settled for 750000 Dollars, wow. which they put in a bank account for Carlina in case she was ever found. Yeah. Uh, after years with nothing, though, Carl and Joy eventually split up, presumably to the stress of abduction, but each held on to faith that their daughter would return to them. Hmm. So now we're going to fast forward to 2005, and it has been 18 years, 17, 18 years. Okay. There's a woman named uh, Nadra Nance, a.k.a. Nettie. Um, she lives in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and has just discovered she's pregnant. And she doesn't have health insurance, so she decides to get health insurance for the welfare of her and her unborn child. And to do so, she asks her mother, uh, Anne, for her birth certificate and social security card. Fuck. And Anne agrees to get it to her, but she's like taking a long time to do so so Nettie uh, decided to get it on her own so she goes sifting through all her mom's paperwork and her files and she eventually finds a birth certificate but uh, when she takes it into the insurance office they let her know that her certificate is fraudulent which is just what the fuck not something you want to hear yeah (laughs) ever (laughs) So Nettie confronts Anne and eventually uh, Anne admits that she is not her mother, but tells Nettie that her real mother left her and never came back and that she didn't remember anything else. No names, no nothing. Nothing like that. And that's how it stayed for years. With so did she just never get her birth certificate? Uh, no. Or insurance, I guess. I mean, she knew that 
and wasn't her real mother but i mean she had been raised by her family yeah she kind of accepted uh the story but um there's always like something yeah she was like shit happens i got it mom whatever yeah i have a question hello so you said years go on after that how does she get a job with no social security people do it all the time is that a thing she no it was 18 years she probably didn't get her job no no well no she oh oh after after. that after that yeah she still gets a well we'll see you can work without a social security number certain places won't i mean you know mcdonald's Anywhere that doesn't do a background check, technically. I don't know why I said that. Because why would they be running it? A smoke shop? There we go. That's more... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, So, Nettie's daughter, Samani, was born in fall of 2005. And when she turned one, Nettie and her moved down to their own place in Atlanta. Nettie found work in a hair salon. Tried a little modeling. But eventually, she was encouraged to help keep searching for her birth mother. So oh. late at night, Nettie would find herself scouring the internet for stories of missing children and just checking, but nothing ever like stood out to her, so she couldn't find anything. Until 2010, when Nettie went to the website for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, the site showed pictures of hundreds of kids from all over the country, but she saw a picture of a baby girl, a newborn who was just 19 days old when she vanished in 1987. Oh. And uh, the baby's face reminded Nettie of her daughter, Samani. And um, oh. everyone told Nettie that Samani just looked just like her. So she called the center's hotline and uh, DNA profiling confirmed in January 2011 that she was, in fact, the missing Carlina White. Uh, I'm going to cry. So uh, then the FBI began a search for uh, Anne Petway, which was uh, her acting mother the statute of limitations disappear well the 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 not her birth mother her um her abductor yeah Yeah, she's just gone gotta go fuck well she moved to a different state so they were like yeah not totally like in contact um also the statute of limitations for the state of kidnap for um the state of new york for kidnapping had expired but there is no statute of limitations for the federal law on kidnapping. I so, was going to say, what? Yeah, I don't know why there's a... Oh, state versus federal, whatever. Yeah, but there shouldn't be a... Yeah, why the fuck does fucking, New York have a statute of limitations? There's a statute of limitations on a lot of things there shouldn't be statute of limitations on. That part. But first you gotta overhaul the whole criminal justice system. But first you gotta overhaul the entire system, system before you can get the criminal justice system. Or is that right? You have to do it backwards. Edit that out. <laughs> Just burn it all down. Burn it all down. Throw the whole government out. Yep. Uh, Anne eventually turned herself in after being recognized in the pawn shop or something like that. On the morning of Get January 23rd. Shop. I don't know. <laughs> or something. like. <laughs> well, because there's wanted posters on the wall. I read it somewhere once, okay. but it wasn't in my research, so I added it in. I was like, you know what? I don't need that. Um, so... She told investigators that she kidnapped Nettie after enduring several miscarriages and because she thought she would never be a parent. So she thought she'd just... So steal a baby, that's cool. That's yeah, chill. I mean, yeah. Would she not have been able to adopt for some reason? It's too much uh, work? No, because of uh, her past with um, the, the law, law and drug use and stuff like that. Yeah. Wouldn't have been 
a very viable candidate. An ideal adoption candidate, sure. Yeah, but you can just steal one. So you can. Uh, in Clearly. July 2012, apparently. God, that's insane. In 2012, Anne was sentenced to 12 years for kidnapping. But today, Nettie is mending her relationship with her birth parents. She actually holds little animosity for the woman who actually raised her. What? About her parenting skills, Nettie responded that she wasn't the best mom, but she helped her become who she is today. And she can't, like, Mm. throw any of that away because she was, like, raised by her. Yeah. And while her name is legally uh, Carlina White, she goes by Nettie because Nettie's not what the Petway family gave me or what the White family gave me. It's what I gave myself, she said. So that was the story of... I just imagine, White imagine getting White. that call and being like, hey, you know that baby that was kidnapped and maybe dead and that you've never heard from ever again and you know how we didn't get anywhere with that and how they just like walked out on camera with your baby that one time. Ruined your relationship. We and- found her. Yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> That's so magical. There was some, for, uh, there was some like family friction that I don't really need to get into. I, you can research it yourself if you want I, to. The part that makes it not magical and more upsetting is when the next part is she's been alive this whole time, raised by the person who stole her from you. Forty-five you, minutes away from you. The last, oh. the last eighteen years of your life were you a hell of grief and agony. She was there the whole time. You thought she was dead. Actually, what's worse, you wondered the whole time. It's way worse. Yeah, it's not good, but they got her and she was okay. You know, she was raised. She's okay. By she was literally the best case scenario for a child abduction. That's true. The best case scenario for a child abduction. You're right. You're right. Is someone who was looking for a baby kidnapped the kid, and they raised him okay. Kill her. Yeah, looking for a baby baby to to own as a baby, and love. And she also had like probably. She also had a whole entire family. Entire family. Really? Well, like, because she was raised by um, a different person, but, like, she had an entire family on that side that she can't just, like... I I don't know why I pictured it, like, single mom and daughter. I, like, didn't hear a husband's name, so I didn't know. No, I mean, um, no father figure, but she had a half-brother and um, Grandparents. It's, like, tangled, but they're black. What? What? Nothing. No, it's Crowley Nettie White. Can you believe this Fucking shit? Can you believe fuck. this? God damn. That's crazy. But like, no one died. Yeah, but fuck, dude. But that's so fucked up. Fair. Like, no one died. You took a baby. What the fuck? Good end. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. That's just but no bad. One died. Yeah, emotional trauma for the birth parents. For everyone. For everyone, yeah. Well, Imagine yeah. finding out that the person who raised you kidnapped you from your parents i can't imagine that so today um we had zoe we had lynette squeaks. squeaky red from <laughs> love it savor of redwoods Sa- single-handed savor the red of the ranger <laughs> assassinated mason's, mason's captain red ranger. Planet. and then we had we had the watcher house the watcher house of westfield Westfield and the Westfield Watcher. Watcher. All of those. Those are all things that we had. Technically. And we had the the abduction of Carolina White and the reappearance of Nettie White. Well. Hot damn. It's too hot. Hot damn. As always, you can email us at canyoubelievepod at gmail.com. That's canyoubelievepod at gmail.com. P-O-D. 
P-O-D, pod. That's how you spell pod. I don't know how you, I don't know how you spell believe. I really, I, I, I before E, L, L I, E V E. You sure? So it's I'm like B. Sure. The thing about believe Use is the word the lies right in the center. B- anyway, can you give me B- the origin e- of the word? L E A F. Can you use it in a sentence? Belief. Be be live. Can you believe this shit? Get out. Also, we're on all social medias at CYBS Pod. That's C-Y-B-S-P-O-D. Um, that's Instagram. That's Twitter. That's Facebook. That's a group yep. and a page. Yep. Yep. Uh, 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 if it exists, it? Um, and we're yep. not on it, yell at us. Yeah, we'll get on it. Yeah. Get on up. Get on up. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and always Mox. remember, never forget that Mothman is out there, and Mothman, you know, there are a lot of Moth memes happening right now for some strange reason, I don't understand. I they took the initial gig. meme, I, and I've I, only seen the reaction memes, and I hate saying memes same. out loud, so I'm mad about all of this. Yeah. I said same, and it came out more like the word memes than I want it to, so I said seem. Seems. <laughs> Did you want to know that? Because I told you. It's spelled S-E-M-E. <laughs> Seem. Yes, I can believe this shit. Good enough, Don't sue me. Seaman. <laughs> Don't sue us. I should say. What if my new ending was just Seaman? 